Um, I have not yet started your new podcast. I'm about to start it. But before I do, I just wanted to say that if there isn't a little, like, stinger on the beginning for a little, like, theme song that it goes, what is love, actually, then I'm going to be a little disappointed, but I'll still listen. What is love? Actually. Baby, don't hurt me. Don't hurt me. No more. What is love? Actually. Baby, don't hurt me. Actually. Actually, it's all around. Actually, actually, back, 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 actually, 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 it's all around. Hello and welcome to What is Love Actually with Beth Amon and Patrick Flynn. I'm Beth Amon. And I'm Patrick Flynn. And this is the podcast where we try to discover just what the 2003 Christmas romantic comedy Love Actually is. By taking it apart. And putting it back together again. We got things to talk about. We got things. So we we recorded all 12 of those episodes in a a volume, in a vacuum. That's the word I was looking for. Mm -hmm. And without any kind of idea how they'd be received. And then we sent no them out feedback. To, to be received and you received them. And then you, 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 you received them well. Thank you yeah. so much. The response, which was very exciting. It's very exciting. It's so it's, it was really, I'll tell you release day for me. was nerve wracking. Oh, really? <laughs> it was. Well, I was hung I kept, over. <laughs> I kept being afraid something was going to go wrong. I stayed up until it was Thanksgiving. So I stayed up until release time you know midnight on on friday to make sure they came mm-hmm. out okay and god bless was, you for doing that because i was drunk watching white christmas so and I, and I just worry a lot about things that's my that's my that's what i bring to everything i just worry this about is why it. we're a great team this we've got different strengths you're drunk and i'm worried <laughs> and we uh we recorded an episode of a, a hugh grant podcast the other day mm-hmm, called, mm-hmm. called taking hugh for granted where we talked about uh about this movie it's a great podcast you should check it out and uh, we're going to be on it i think on christmas i think they said was their christmas episode i think it's so coming out soon yeah it may be out now uh so check it out there'll be a link in the show notes and time is a construct so who knows it is time is nothing at all um we talk about love actually i fangirl about the undoing for a little bit you it's do. a great time you do you guys spoil the undoing for me which is fine yes please never- if you if you haven't watched The Undoing, don't listen to that. Or they like, may not include any of that stuff, but just so you know, if we start talking about The Undoing, I'm going to ruin it. And you should pause it. the whole thing, and you should skip it. I say before I ruin it, but you I do. I do. You do well before. I, yeah. Yeah, you say well before you ruin it. I've had so much fun doing the social media for this podcast beyond just like creating the content and picking out the funniest moments to share. But we've had so many people like have back and forth conversations with us, um, which has been so nice because it's it's nice to know you're not just shouting into a void. Um, I feel like I've become Instagram fans with um, a Kira Knightley fan page that's run mm-hmm. by Elena. Mm-hmm. Um They've got great content, so check them out as well. Um, Pat at just Pat B is a delight and a half, and definitely was with us through the whole countdown. Twenty five days of love, actually. Oh yeah. Um, and Miss Martha Hopkins has been a wonderful user to chat with, and we've got Sumo Susie on Twitter. We've got Jimmy Gasparo Jr. on Twitter. It's been I'm. I feel like I have friends mm-hmm. through this podcast now, and it's delightful. Yeah, Jimmy Gasparo and his his wife Sarah are listening to the podcast in tandem and sort of living out their reactions live on Twitter. <laughs> They're at Jimmy Gasparo and at Tulea Photo, I believe I'm pronouncing it correctly. But if you go to Jimmy's web uh, Twitter, you'll find it really fast. We have though listeners around the world. We have <laughs> discovered that's the funny. See, I you love the social media sort of connection. I love just looking at the metrics of where people are downloading this show. And we're big in Denmark. What you an know? exciting time. We're big We've in also, Costa Rica. <laughs> these are statements I never part. thought I'd like yeah. ever hear. Yeah. We've we were like this. ranking really well in Mexico for a little like yeah. a while. Mexico, Canada, Australia, Thailand, Greece, Great Britain, of course. And frankly, I think we 
we sh- I think we could be doing better over there. And I'm just going to blame Boris Johnson and move ah, on. Good. Um, okay. Yeah. That's just Noted. where I'm going to lay that firmly. Ibrahim You're or, just like or, preoccupied. Or Reese Mogg. One of those two people. I'm just going to put them, you know. I don't know Jacob who Reese that Mogg. is. Jacob Reese Mogg. That he's, he's, his name suits his personality very, very well. Oh, he's God. A, he's a terrible. He's like the Steve Mnuchin of. Uh, uh, so he's probably you. worse than Steve Mnuchin. Anyway, you don't need to know who Jacob Reese Mogg is. Um, oh, he sounds like what's the what's the dragon's name? Um, Smog in, in yes, the Hobbit. Smog. That's what he's. Yeah. Yes, that's what that sounds like. Yeah. So I, that's right. what I'm picturing. He has similar opinion on on people too. I think to Smog. Oh, good. And, and what good. they're for, and and what 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 people get to have any part of his money. Oh. Uh, yeah, he's a happy, happy man. Happy holidays, everyone. Happy holiday. Well, in England, it's they're they're hurtling towards the No Deal Brexit, so he's, he's on TV all the time. But we're not going to talk about that, um, <laughs> as we just a, talked about. It's it. a long list of things we're not going to talk about, and the world is is, is most certainly one of them. Uh, but people, mm-hmm. we're going to escape into the comedy, the romantic we are, comedy. We are going to talk about Schiffergate, but not yet. We got some great Schiffergate responses about about the Claudia show. I feel like I've been plotting for how to win this since this started, and I'm like nervous. You should be. Not. Would be my answer. You should be. Nervous. No, no. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to say you anymore. Hear you my to, voice go up, up, like, like you no. Catch it, like, <laughs> but we also decided that it would be fun to um, to watch the the sequel to this movie which does exist uh for the which was made for the red nose day special and uh beth mm-hmm. do you know all about red nose day and what it is and, and all you know things? i'd heard of red nose day which i feel like is a similar theme for most things you ask me beth have you heard about this about this um, british thing and i i knew it was a charity fundraiser i didn't really understand entirely how it relates to us wearing red noses but i think it's just like any of those gimmicky char- charity things where it's like we're gonna do this thing like ice bucket challenge that has nothing to do with anything that we're actually raising money for but we'll get attention to the cause um and so like i had a loose understanding of what it was i take issue with the fact that we're calling this a sequel to love actually but i like get the point of all of it and what the ultimate goal was well that is because so we watched two there are two so richard curtis is one of the brains behind comic relief in england which is slightly different from comic relief in america um which was started by billy crystal Whoopi goldberg and robin williams and it was a, a homeless um people uh living with homeless living with homelessness um charity and Comic Relief was started in England specifically to raise money for the famine in Ethiopia by Richard Curtis and a comedian named Lenny Henry, who had a se- series on in England called Chef, which is hilarious. Uh, oh. you know, absolutely hilarious show. I think you can find the whole thing on YouTube, but it, especially the first series is just absolutely a riot. Uh, but it was the deal was to get British comedians to make people laugh and then raise money. It's very basic, you know, same basic concept as Comic Relief mm-hmm. in America. Red Nose Day started as a telethon. And telethons in England <sighs> are actually so much better and more focused than they are in America because it comes from this of only starting with like four or five channels. So the telethon, mm-hmm. if you're watching TV, was harder to avoid. But That's also true. it meant that there had they had really had to raise their game in terms of content in terms of what you're showing on the on the telethon because if it stinks and it's one fifth of the total televised you know world mm-hmm. people are going to be really really upset like, this about is it stupid. Yeah. um so it started I like this- i've probably seen more telethons as like a plot point in like an early 90s sitcom than mm-hmm. i have actual mm-hmm. telethons yep you know 100 um mm-hmm. i don't really i think the pbs you know pledge drive was my most my realist experience with telethons with on pledge week and i'm thinking of like a full house episode yeah oh yeah 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 it, there, it's a pretty good i guess it's a good plot point mr rogers did a telethon once i remember when i, I would watch a mr rogers telethon yeah, it was funny it was a bit i mean I we all watched when... that man take his shoes on and off for years we like do. obviously and he's got fame power mm-hmm. um yeah 100 percent. and uh but so the, it is a lot more tradition of of make of people donating their time and, and TV shows making special episodes and airing special content to really get people to watch and donate. The other big one that Doctor Who fans might know of is Children in Need, which raises money for children's hospitals in the UK. And uh, Doctor Who for years, and the when the series came back, did a Children in Need Day special where they would cool. tease something about the next series that was coming up. Oh, and like give actual 
Yeah, it would have actual. About. They would film actual mini oh, episodes of the show. I think that's would, kind of better. So that's that leads us to the the two specials, 2019's. Uh, I can never remember what it's called. What's the or thing? red nose? One red. Four... I wrote it, Beth. I wrote it down. It's right here in front of me, and I look like looked right through it because it's a dumb title. One red nose day in a wedding, and uh, and red nose day actually. But so Richard Curtis, since he is a founding member of Red Nose Day, uh, made these two films: one in 2019, which we're going to talk about first, and then the Red Nose Day actually sequel to Love Actually, which he made in 2017. 17. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Um, but this all, all, none of that matters. The charity, none of it matters. Because what <laughs> happened was actually that Beth rewatched Four Weddings and a Funeral. And I she's did. come here today to tell me that she agrees it's one of the 10 best movies ever made. And, I have not uh, come here to tell you that. But I have come here to tell you that I liked it better this marginally time. Marginally better. <laughs> not marginally. I enjoyed it. I did. I, I still... I still like hate the timeline. I think mm. that it's, I don't like what they do to poor duck face. Um, oh yeah. Like that doesn't get better. Uh, but they're also like, I found myself like really laughing at parts this time. Like I, the Mr. Bean line, the storyline of him being the priest and getting all the names wrong, like really tickled me this time. Hugh Grant shorts will still be one of the funniest parts of this film to me. Um, when he says fuck a doodle do is like just perfect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the secondary storylines are the best part of this movie. I don't like Hugh Grant's relationship with mm. um, Andy, McDowell. Andy McDowell. I don't. I don't think it's like really based in anything, which is uh, one of the things I dislike most about all of Richard Curtis's movies. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think you have some really, really lovely examples of like relationships that build over time with David and Serena, like Hugh Grant's brother, who's like signing um, Bernard and Lydia. Like theirs is not based in over time, but it's a funny little meet cute uh, mm-hmm. happens um mm-hmm. and then like gareth and matthew is just the most beautiful thing i've ever seen in my life and mm-hmm. it like that poem just breaks my heart that matthew reads at gareth's funeral and oh, yeah oh like hurts my it heart it was so my much. north my south my east and west oh man. my god oh, i'm sitting there like yeah it's crushing <laughs> it really is um it, but yeah I, like i'm i'm glad i rewatched it i will I will not walk around being like this movie's stupid anymore, but I won't walk around being like, Oh my God, this is the best movie ever. Well, it is one of them. Uh, <laughs> I, I was, I was thinking about this. I didn't have to rewatch it because I, I know the whole thing from heart and I can just watch it in my head whenever I want to. You but, could just um, perform it for us now. I could, I'm not going to Very hard stop on that, but I, maybe but I you should <laughs> a thousand percent could. Um, uh, but I noticed this, thinking about it this time, I thought that occurred to me, is how well edited the movie is in terms of mm. jokes. There's a lot of great jokes that come out of the editing. The big one that comes to me is when they have to take Scarlet's car. Fuck. Right. We take yours. It only goes 40 miles an hour. I was I was interested to watch the Red Nose Day sequel. And it it raises the interesting question that we're gonna we're gonna talk about, I think, with both of these, which first of all, is it a sequel? <laughs> this one's more of a sequel. This one's more of a sequel than the other one is. Um uh what did you think of it? <laughs> Of this red My first impression was that the wedding takes place in Islington, which is the neighborhood I lived in when I lived in London. Oh. So I was very delighted by that and distracted by that for a okay. good four minutes. That took a little minute. Okay. Uh-huh. These are like, um, fi- these are 20 some minutes long, right? These these shorts? Yeah, it was about 15 or so. Okay. Um, I, I think that this one tried to be a sequel more than the mm-hmm. Love Actually one did. I think it's very lovely that we're having... Um, we're still like thematically within the wedding kind of jam, but you have lovely little surprises that you aren't expecting. Like Lily James is marrying a woman and that they're the daughters of Fiona and um, Hugh Grant, who's, a, you know, I can, never, he doesn't have character names. He's just Hugh Grant. He's Charles. He's in, in okay. This one. Him. Yes. Um, Sam Smith shows up like that's, Oh my delightful and confusing. <laughs> that is a truly awesome cameo. 
Yeah. Because no one says anything. No. It's just there's that they do a mirror of the the scene. Uh, it's it's uh it's Lily J- Lily um Lily James and Alicia Vink, Academy Award winner Alicia Vikander. I don't know how to pronounce her name. She won for the Dutch the Vic- Dutch girl Vikander. I think it's Vikander. I don't Vikander. know. Alicia I Vikander. can't be trusted with this information. It's their wedding, and um, them they had they mirrored the scene where the two people are singing. I um I, I can't smile without you. And it's, I mean, it's hilarious in the first movie with these terrible sort of people singing the song, but then they cut to these two people doing it. Nicola Walker, who is one of the frightful folk duo from the The first The frightful folk duo? They're credited as the frightful folk duo. Oh, what a, oh. Um, Put that on your resume. In this, they are credited as very bad singer. Uh, And it's the same, they mirror the scene from, from the first movie where mm-hmm. we do the ceremony and then we have the readings and then we we cut to these these two people singing this terrible song. I also just love the bit of like this in both of them is that you're in a church and then you have two folk singers sitting on like the steps of the altar just yep. chilling. You're like, wait, how are you allowed to do that? Oh, because they're not Catholic, Beth. <laughs> That's a, okay. They're, Very they're allowed strong. to have fun at weddings uh, <laughs> <laughs> and funerals. It's a whole thing. Um, oh my God. Uh, so yeah, and so it's it's Nicola Walker strumming her gu- guitar and going nuts, and then and and it's a great cameo because then it's just Sam Smith, and they're just sitting there, you know, jamming out on the tambourine, having a great. And no time. one ever says. No one ever like, comments on it. Nobody ever says. Isn't mega that? superstar. Nope. It's Sam just Smith. Sam Smith for for two seconds. It's a it's wonderful. It's absolutely mm-hmm. wonderful. It makes me think of like the Stanley cameos in mm-hmm. all the Marvel movies, but like that's reference and like that's right. celebrated in some way. And this, like you'd miss it if you didn't know what Sam Smith looked like. So, and the, 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 the one person though, who is there, who I don't think should be there is, and I can't remember his character name or I'd bring it up, but Oh, it's Rupert. Uh, his real, his George is his character name. And his re- character is uh, George is his, re- no, George is his character's name. Pardon me. Rupert, Vansestart is his last name or if his, what a his name. real name. Yeah, no. He's the uh the guy after the first wedding who who keeps saying about Andy McDowell. Oh, I think I'm in there. Oh Detroit. yeah. He's in he's at the Is he the guy with the beard in this? No, the guy, with, a guy the with the beard, beard who I could not figure out who it was. The guy with the beard is James Fleet, who plays Tom, who's the the dopey member of the group. Really? Yeah. That was he. I thought he was taller. Who's uh Fiona's um brother which is why when they make the comment really? yeah yeah which is why when they make the comment during the ceremony that um all i can say is thank god we weren't related <laughs> as all my mother's other friends are his wife hits him because they are technically like cousins. second cousins yes, yes. and that yeah, yeah. hit me okay this rewatch yeah. of four weddings i was like second cousins are not distant like mm. i like my family like gets together with my second cousins. Like you wouldn't, you should not marry them. <laughs> it is the only part of of the of the movie Four Weddings and a Funeral that makes no sense to me. I don't really know. the only part. It's the only part that makes because it's such a every other thing I can explain away of like well it's romantic comedy or well it was easier or well it was this that is yeah, well it's un- just incest. It's exactly <laughs> right. It's just it's an <laughs> unnecessary complication. I don't understand it. But anyway, hmm. I. I pretty much liked this. The only thing I didn't like in it, I will be honest, is that you have, so you have these two women getting married and at, when they time for to give the speeches, Andy McDowell stands up with the brides and mm-hmm. they give this thing about how, well, you know, usually the men give all the speeches and then, and they, then give they give the whole speech tirade, to the man. And they go, but Hugh Grant's going to talk now for 20 minutes, mm-hmm. Hugh Grant. And it is such a like, wow, you don't even see what you just did there, Mr. No. Mr. Curtis, do you? You don't I see I don't how- think he's seen for many years. Like, I get it. You need to have Hugh Grant give the, the speech, but because But don't Hugh make Grant. it like a feminist manifesto a and, then, and then be like, and anyway, here's the man. Anyway, but enough of us. Yeah, enough of that. Here's Hugh Grant. <laughs> the thing that probably bothered me the most was that their vows were meant to be like original vows, but like mm-hmm. Lily James went and then- what she said was pretty much exactly repeated, but just told with less yeah, detail. Yeah, from the point of view, yeah. And I was like, that was, not, but like, it was like, I held your hand. And then repeated, it was like, I held your hand. It was like, 
I, and then you kissed me and everything changed. And then I was like, and then you kissed me and I was never the same. It's like these, you just get lazy, right? Oh, see, I thought it was cute. I thought it was poetic. I thought it was cute the first time that it was, the story was told. No, I liked that they gave the same vows. I liked that it was, it was cute. But it wasn't the same enough. Now, see, this is going to be our next shit for gate. I was going to say <laughs> Val Gate. Yeah, no, you get pretty, you get pretty, uh, pretty mad about Shiffergate. I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Is say. that the logical argument that you're missing? Like you're missing a point of the logic. I'm not. I'm not missing any point of the logic, and and the listeners will bear me out. But no, the listeners support me. Anyway, they do not. But the next thing, speaking of the listeners, we're almost at your responses. But first, we want to talk about the sequel, quote unquote, question mark. To love Question actually. Mark. Red Nose Day actually. Is this uh, a sequel actually? So this is a lot more of a parody. Yes. Like the best Love Actually parody you've ever seen. I think. Well, it's just like we're just retelling it within the context of today. Mm-hmm. And like, do we need to know? Is it cute? Kind of. Like that you get right at the top, right at the top of it, you get Kira Knightley being like, should we find out where they are now? Right. What also you have, I mean, the jokes with the cards are great that he like has the exact right response. I don't think Andrew Lincoln says a word in the whole no. thing. Yeah. He just, and he's very much cards. like he has like a walking dead beard. So I'm expecting yes, that if he did speak, he would not sound like his love actually character. <laughs> He'd just be like, Carl, <laughs> the zombies are coming. That was terrible. I can only do Carl correctly. Carl. <laughs> A solid impression i've never seen the show but it sounds like a solid impression yeah the card thing is good it goes on for a bit but i think the length of it actually ends up working in its favor that it's so long because it, mm-hmm. they do really take the joke all the way to its extreme i loved the only part of it i absolutely loved is him dancing the hotline bling but that's i the saw your note that on. you loved that and i was like why do you think that's such a good joke because because he has to dance to a song if they're going to do it, here's my thing. He's going to have to dance to a song and they pick a song that is famous for having a terrible dance. And then, oh. and then he hurts himself. And it's like the second or third time he's hurt himself dancing to specifically hotline bling. And I just thought that was a fun little like okay. reference. That was the, I wasn't connecting the idea that like the actual music video with Drake yeah. is not, it's just very bright colored. It reminds me of right. an Apple commercial. It doesn't make me think oh, of dancing all the vines. at all. Oh, the vines about that dance. The vines. Oh, oh God, my God. Beth, throwback Beth, to Vine. R.I.P. The vines. Beth, the vines. So many vines of him <laughs> like with a tennis tennis racket knocking a ball against the corners. Oh, that's so funny. I like um, the memes where it's like he's got his hand out, like he's shooing something away and then he's like welcoming it yes, and then he's like shooing it, it away. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah it's a... <laughs> It's a high quality a video launched a thousand memes uh, and probably a lot of downloads of that song. Um, I don't think Drake's doing poorly right now. No, I don't think so at all. I like, uh, I like that they got the same DJ for Radio Watford. So yeah. I do not like that they killed Joe, even though it's why? not really a secret. Why did we have to do it? Like, uh, there's no reason why he needs to be dead because what not it made me do was think, like, is Gregor Fisher dead? Right, which he's not. Is he, and he's not. So why did we have to kill Joe? Because if anyone was going to make it out alive out of the two of them, it would be Joe who has not done tons of drugs. When I like the, I kept expecting the joke to be like, big man, big heart. He's right over there. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, was I was like, too. And it was. When it was a big coffin. I was like, was it for like a music video? Like, I don't, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. It was, it was a bizarre choice to kill him because it didn't add anything to the scene, the moment, the episode, no. nothing. And it, it just made us... me sad now that I have seen the light and understand that Joe is the real romantic lead of this film. Right, the most attractive as man per in Melinda Markland. Like, 100%. I, I'm just sad that mm-hmm. Joe is dead. Yeah. When uh, when we were making uh, making our social media clips for this, this series, we said, well, we have to include <laughs> Linda talking about how attractive she finds Joe. And then we went, oh, wait. Which clip would be the one because <laughs> it comes up a couple of times in that episode? Um, He's the most attractive man, most attractive man in Britain. It Joe have, Blue Eyes. It did have the moment though that sequence of him talking to the radio DJ, which I liked. Uh, 
though where the where the, the thing jumped the shark for me which is when he made a kardashian joke and i was like okay we yeah. are officially out of ideas <laughs> well and i think this whole this is the whole thing for me was that everything was just like a slightly updated retelling so that conversation was like the exact same mm-hmm. conversation he has at radio watford before and like the joke before was better about britney spears being like a terrible mm-hmm. shag like that was funny and then this is just kind of like we're naming celebrities say from the Kardashians, 2020 yeah, now which is or not, 2017, whatever. It was 2017, which is, and that joke's a little, t- like the, I think Hotline Bling was timely, but I don't think the Kardashians joke was, when was Hotline Bling? Why would they not be timely? I guess Kardashians have been ruling the world for a while now. That's true. Now Hotline Bling's 2015. Okay. So it's not like right on the cusp of Hotline Bling. Oh my Bling. God. Hotline Bling was 2015. 2015. What year did- is it? <laughs> What day is it? What day is it? What month is it? Where are we? It's Christmas. And, Christmas, uh, Christmas. I thought the Jamie and Aurelia section was good. I thought that was funny. Yeah, it was sweet. cute. Actually, it, was, it was sweet. Yeah. I like that she's Until the again. last line. Oh, you didn't think well, that, that was... Well, it was more like he, he still doesn't understand Portuguese, so he doesn't understand that she's pregnant, and he she just gives this look at the end that looks like a little bit scared, honestly, oh, of like... I don't... <laughs> I don't know. I mean, like they already have like three full-grown humans, and now you it's do. like there's going to be another one. I did. I mean, it was a horror film for me. Imagining going from three children <laughs> of that age spread to a fourth, which is Jim Gaffigan says is like you imagine you're drowning and someone hands you a baby. But uh, <laughs> I, um, and I thought the Liam Neeson section was 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 probably the most best emotionally speaking. Um, I have one main question. Sure. What are high-heeled trainers, and why was Sam wearing them? Well, like, I understand tra- a trainer's tra- a sneaker. Okay. I know a trainer's a sneaker. Okay. No, thank you for assuming I did not know that. I understand what a trainer is. Just saying, you know. But, like, why was that, like, why was that a necessary joke of, like, how did you get so tall? And he's like, I'm wearing high-heeled trainers. I don't know. He's also pretty tall, so I don't know. He's a very, Liam he is Neeson, a gangly man. Liam Neeson is very tall. So, like, I, you, would, you would have to stand on with high heels to seem tall next to Liam Neeson. But I don't know. I don't know why he, he was, that was a joke. I, I mean, since they show the shoes, I imagine that. Was, like, this a placement? Was this an I guess. It's also a weird, it's such a weird rom-com movie thing to have her be like waiting in a different part of the park for him to fly yeah. her over. And it just feels so like She bizarre. just casually strolls right. over like, hello, can I have Sam's hand in marriage? I did like the fact that it had been, that there was the thing of like, he says, you haven't really been in love since that American girl from when yeah. you were a teen. I like that there was a, a hint to they haven't been together for 13 years. Like there was a mm-hmm. thing and then, but also that like yeah. Sam has been in America and he like yeah, met up working. with her. And so it right. wasn't just like, I've gone to America to find my bride. It was right. like, I was in America and then and I found this person yeah. again. Right. And we, reconnected. And we reconnected, which sounds very, that, that makes a lot of sense. And we had this mm-hmm. history together and all the, yeah. So I really liked that from a writing standpoint. I thought that was really nice that it wasn't just like, yeah. lose the trainer there. joke and I'm on board. You're back on board again. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you think of Rowan Atkinson, though? The guy I, thought it was, I thought it was funny. I, I think it very much was the same. It's it a was, perfect repeat they, of Alan Rickman. But they like, did he, uh, heighten it quite a bit. He's putting oh like, so many things. But like, what is he doing to the yogurt-covered raisins? He like rolls them in his yes. hands and then like smells them and then like drops... It's like, this isn't potpourri. These are raisins. I also love that he... The kid buys the charity nose for a dollar... Mm-hmm. And then, so he pays a pound for that and he has it wrapped for what is conservatively 20 pounds worth of candy. Like he's mm-hmm. just filling it with chocolate and things and bits. And he of still it. says everything like the longest way possible, yes, like yes. the jiffiest of jiffies. of jiffies. Yes, it was good. The mm-hmm. line out the door and like down into the mm-hmm. parking lot. Yeah. Also, like what happened to Mr. Bean's career that he's now been demoted to a children's toy store instead of the high-end jewelry oh, counter? Oh, that's a good point. You know? Like mm. this looked like a Toys R Us style place. It so did. He's not selling two hundred pound gold necklaces anymore. No. Well, the last time he sold one under the table, the marriage dissolved. So this is true. Maybe that's why he lost his job. I also didn't think. I know we couldn't have Emma Thompson and Alan Rickman because I obviously know. Alan Rickman is past. And and but there was could a, we have had Emma Thompson? Emma Thompson said no. Apparently, like they, she and Richard Curtis oh. talked about it and just decided that whatever it was it would either be too sad or not satisfying for a story wrap up it wasn't okay um 
It couldn't and just it, be like, I'm better. Well, I guess if it was like, I'm better it, off it, without him, exactly. it would be like, well, it's it becomes, he's dead. And yeah, it, it all becomes, yeah, it was just too much. So once you decide to exclude them, I get that you're cutting storylines. And you also have only 15 minutes yeah. and you're working with actors. But I really wanted to see, I really wanted to see Jack and just Judy. Yeah. Really, really wanted to see, see them happy and boring. Just something, anything, like just to see them, you know, watching the movie would have been great if they had been watching the movie that they met on with their kids. Or no, something like that. No, you should not show that movie to saying, children. What I'm saying, like, it's wildly inappropriate. Like, <laughs> no. You know, actually, it would be, it'd be funny if they were just like. If they were watching the Red Nose Day special, would be something or like. Yeah, or something like that. Or if uh, they walked by in the toy store and were like, oh, like we can't, like we got ours already. We got our Red Nose. Bye. And I wanted to see, um, I wanted to see Tony. Just Tony, not Colin. Yeah. Just Tony. No. Because I don't well, think Colin Tony... has definitely been eaten by right. He's been consumed. Now. Yes, he has been consumed yes. and is now one of them. They have they sacrificed his body to keep their youth. He and lives in the darkness for all eternity. Exactly right. Tony's probably a thriving producer, or that's like my thing. Whatever. Is I want to see Tony doing something have content to his storyline. Yeah, I think yeah, exactly because he doesn't have it in the real movie, and I think that he's it's good. The to... Secondary character to two storylines. Yeah, so I think it would have been yeah. good to have to have Tony in there. I miss Tony. He was the only one I missed. You didn't miss Laura Linney? Oh, gosh, I forgot about Laura Linney. Um, All right, well, that answers that. Well, that answers that question, doesn't it? No, because, again, I think that's not... I don't know what you do with Laura Linney. Like, this, the real reason well, you, you Yeah. The real reason you don't bring back Colin, Tony, Jack and Judy, or Laura Linney is because their stories were wrapped up so nicely to bring... For a dramatic standpoint, I mean, obviously, Laura Linney's mm-hmm. story didn't end happily. Um, to r- repeat them would be not unnecessary yeah it's a really sort of you know i don't don't think there's a good way to check in with laura linney that doesn't be like don't worry she's okay everyone because it would just raise more questions you'd have some more questions yeah yeah yep Um, yep, yep. and it leads actually into an an email we received um a little bit an email we have mail I'll play that sound effect here. You've got mail. Oh, no, play the Blues Clues You've Got Mail song. We just got a letter. We just got a letter. We just got a letter. Wonder who it's from. <laughs> it's from Laura. <laughs> <laughs> who asked the interesting question. Uh, if this is a very much a movie of its time, what would a 2020 love actually look like? What, would, how, what stories would be told? Who would be cast? Who would write and direct? Most importantly, who would be on the soundtrack? Um, Kelly Clarkson. But the serious part of the question is, do you think that it's possible to make a movie like this that could be truly age well? I think it's possible. I think, well, first off, like the differences of like who whose stories will be told. We talked a, a couple points in this process of how like there isn't um, a, a good homosexual relationship. There isn't any like representation beyond just like typical heterosexual love and Mm -hmm. then like familial love. So Mm -hmm. I first want to get some relationships that aren't just straight people. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think we could get and white people. Yes. Mm -hmm. We've, we've seen enough of them. Um, So I think that could help give it more staying power by representing so many different types of love stories. That's not just like, Oh, my love story is different because like I met while working on a film versus I met while like traveling. Like, does mm-hmm. that make sense? It does. I have recently become sort of, I don't know if nihilistic is the right word, but skeptical oh. that there really can be like a movie that ages well, period. Interesting. Um, the, the, there's a, um, there's a quote by uh, uh, Francois Truffaut that I'm going to sort of, um, I think it's Truffaut. It might be Godard. It's one of the French New Wave people. Um, that uh, It's Truffaut. Uh, where I'm going to paraphrase it a little bit. His actual quote is that all war films are, are pro-war. Um, mm. my, my paraphrasing of that is like movies glamorize everything to me. Like it, just the aspect of it being a movie makes something glamorous. There's just something about the way we respond to movies because like mm-hmm. we don't really talk about unless a, unless a piece of literature is like very, very explicitly not aged well, whether a book ages well, like pride and prejudice 
espouses mm. a lot of values we do not hold true and would actually find to be repugnant. Yes. But as a piece of literature, it is, it is respected and it is studied and it is excused for a number of reasons. I'm not going to say it's just because it's a book. Like there, it was written by a woman of the time. The characters in it are actually strong. Yeah, there's a lot of reasons that Love Actually... But if, the, if Love Actually was a movie, like just a movie, I mm-hmm. don't know that it would be aging the way that the book ages because, you know, books require you to sit down, read them, you engage. You mean if Pride and Prejudice was just yeah, a movie? Yeah, just a movie. It was just been made as a movie. And so I, I'm sort of wondering if it's possible to... Because movies that would be made with the future in mind, sort of forward looking to try to be, mm-hmm. you know, wouldn't, of, there wouldn't be of their time. And if you're not of your time, you aren't successful in your time. So the chances of your survival are very, very slim. It's, it's mm-hmm. this sort of like weird. So I don't, I, I, I sort of, I don't want to be one of those people. I don't want to be like Nate Silver always answers every question on 538 by being like, I actually object to the underlying premise of the question. Um, well, I think well, another question but, for me know. then is, does it, does it mean that we have to consume everything with the understanding and acceptance that like this was 2003 and that's it? And then does that, does that no. give anything staying power beyond that? Or do we have to just put a disclaimer on it of like, this was 2003 and we didn't know better excusing or behavior. No, I don't think it's that. I don't I don't want to excuse like you have to every every piece of art that's ever created you have to view it in the context of its time. It, mm-hmm. it, it you have to include that in the equation when you evaluate the rubric. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean it excuses it from its bad behavior, but it, it it's just a question of whether you go well it was 2003 and that's the way we kind of were and I'm fine with that. And I think a lot of that response usually just comes down to whether how old you were when the movie came out. Because mm-hmm. I think that people my age and older are generally a lot more willing to excuse most of the problems with Love Actually. Whereas people my age and younger, since I am a one of those Generation X cuspers. You're, I, I am, you're just in the middle. I am the line. Uh, Generation Y for the rest of my life. Um uh, people my age and younger are less likely as you get younger to excuse, like to view the film with a, with a different kind of critical eye that's more contemporary and mm-hmm. looks at it and goes, no, I don't think this is, this is good at all. It, it, to answer the largest question, do you think it's possible to make a movie like this that could truly age well? I think the answer is yes, but I have no idea what that would what, yeah, begin what to elements look like. Have to be. I mean, there are certainly movies that have aged well. I'd like to provide mm-hmm. one example, which is Air Bud. That movie is perfect. You will never change my mind on that. Um. <laughs> I think When Harry Met Sally has aged well. I think there are romantic comedies from this age and older that do age well. Yeah. That, that create, I think most of them are written by women. Um, I think and that I, tells us a yes, lot of things about society. I think that tells us a lot. Uh, we run the world, not but of course us yet, now, but maybe one day not, we we're, will. We're getting there. But also, <laughs> I think that well, we're also in the hilarious moment right now of uh, of a Nancy Myers backlash. Have you been following this on on Twitter? No. What happened the, to Nancy? There is a, what did she do? I think it's Vulture is doing a sequence on Nancy Myers movies all Christmas, um, and but evaluating them by the Nancy Myers aesthetic, which is sort of nice kitchens. And, you know, big sweaters and everybody, you know what I mean? Like very white people kind of centric. And mm-hmm. Nancy Meyer, that, but it's done, having read a couple of them once I saw this was like blowing up. Nancy Myers Week, that's what it was. I, I read a few and I was like, they, they're loving. They're, they're fun poking, but in general, they love, like, they, the movies are loved that are, that are sort of evaluated. But Nancy yeah, I'm Myers, seeing one, highlight, uh, one headline that says, I got high and made croissants like Meryl right. Streep. Yes. <laughs> Uh, but Nancy Meyer's daughter, uh, Haley Meyer Shire, uh, had, took extreme unction uh, with this series and this tone about her mother's work. Um, and uh, it became a thing, you know, one of those like things <laughs> that, mm-hmm. that the Internet does. Um, and uh, it just sort of exploded into this whole conversation of like, are these movies good? Are they bad? Are they culturally damaged? Like basically the conversation mm, we've been yeah. having. And it's so funny that like, 
you can pull at these movies just a teeny weeny bit and like and it all unravels and it all just falls apart and I, I, I don't th- so is it is it possible to make a movie that stands the test of time like this absolutely it's possible but it's damn hard <laughs> I think to do mm-hmm. to, to make it to have it be successful now and successful enough that people would would watch it going forward because also if we as we said on the show I don't know what the future of of media consumption looks like you know you're yeah. not going to live on television like this movie did so what do you do you know do you live when you when you have to be destination watching mm-hmm. what what do you what do you do what do you have you have to have a gimmick even more than even more than usual. That's why a lot of, so many romantic comedies are now only being made at Christmas. I think you're not just getting like straight regular romantic comedies anymore. Instead, <laughs> you're getting Princess Switch too, and you're judging how does this exist in the same world that the night before Christmas lives in? I'm in deep, Patrick. I'm in deep. <laughs> <laughs> the people from Christmas Prince show up in one of them, but like, how do they all exist in the same world? Oh, Vanessa Melissa Hudgens Jones. is like Hardest seven there. people. There's the one with a nutcracker comes to life. Oh, Had, wait, so did you see that they, I don't know if this is crossed your version of the internet, that they have made a like, it's either Hallmark or Lifetime, like Kentucky Fried oh, Chicken romantic crossed, comedy. That crossed everyone's uh, corner of the internet, yes. Okay, the, cool. The sexy corner. I'm sad Sanders. for all of us. But <laughs> I have uh, no further comments beyond that is, that exists in this world and this is where we are as the society, but... So... Yeah, I mean, yeah. So it's it's an unanswerable question to me, and I and I, but I'm I'm I really hope people try, and I think it's doable. It's yeah, just one of those like it just didn't happen with this one. No, it didn't happen with this one. And like I said, I'll be interested in twenty years. Are people still watching Love Actually? Uh, who are under the age of sixty? And I, I guess we'll find out. Well, and we'll mm-hmm. we'll come back and we'll tell you. <laughs> we'll report back as someone who will still be under the age of 60 in 20 oh, years. Oh yeah. We'll report will. back, <laughs> but you will be over 30. Uh, <laughs> I will be. <laughs> it's coming too soon. I've said it. I've said it before and I'll say it again. Watching your anxiety over turning 30 just makes me feel so old. I was so young when we started this podcast. I was a whole I think, 28. I think we all were so young when we started this podcast. <laughs> Yeah, it's very it, was, true. it was 2019. Um, uh, the world was young, but the you know world what? was young. You know what, Beth? Let's talk about something fun and silly. What? Let's talk about the British Christmas number one song for 2020. Uh. It's a rainy Christmas Eve all over the UK, and the big question is: Who is number one on the Radio One chart show tonight? Is it Blue or the unexpected Christmas sensation from Billy Mac? Oh my God! Be clear. As of this recording, we are recording a week before Christmas. It has not yet occurred. It will, but by the podcast come out comes out, the winner will be known, and I will update the show notes. I will not going to re-record anything, but I'll update the show notes to reflect the song. Um, I'll post I, something on the socials. I'll post something but, on the socials. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll let you know. Uh, but so, in preparation for this recording, dear listener, I dug around on the internet for what were the contenders? What were the big contenders for the 2020 Christmas number one? And I came away with, I think, eight songs that were the the ones that were gonna, like that was the ones people thought were gonna, were gonna be making it. Wish 
wash your hands and stay indoors. Thank you, baked potato. Only visit grocery stores. Thank you, baked potato. And if you want to have a better day, you must listen to what the baked potatoes say. Sent them to Beth and I said, familiarize yourself with these songs. And and I found my new favorite song. You did find your new favorite song. Uh, before we talk about your new favorite song, which is also one of my new favorite songs. Um, I have to say that, uh, so today I said, okay, I'm going to go check the charts and see which one of these these hot hits is, is racing up the charts. And the answer is none of them. None of them. Except for... <laughs> Except for, well, actually, except for one, which we'll talk about in a second. But yeah. this this article that I had that had like the big contenders for the Christmas number one, currently none of them are in the top 20. So mm-hmm. it's not going to be any of them, it seems. Uh, but Beth and I did find a song that we love and we will love forever and we will never stop listening to at Christmas time because I did download it. I find it. it very soothing. I like it, especially because of how short it I is. I don't understand it, but it's so delightful. So, it's a beautiful song by, by Matt Lucas. By Matt called, Lucas. Thank you. Thank you, baked potato. Thank you, baked potato. Stay home. It is so a big thing this this year has been fundraiser songs. There's a and uh, is that like that every year? Because I know Lad Baby, which we'll talk about, mm-hmm. they have done charity fundraisers the past mm-hmm. two years. But I feel like everyone was doing a charity fundraiser, and then you also have like here's a random song that just got released at this time. So uh, we talked about this a little bit on the episode with both Melinda and with with Johnny, but. Um, that the charity single has definitely been part of the Christmas tradition for years and years. Um, And I think it's lately become a way that like bigger celebrities are um, uh, releasing songs to try to be Christmas number one and seem like they're being magnanimous about it a little bit. (laughs) They're like, it's okay. It's for charity, it's for not charity. for my it's ratings. Single, not me, yeah, but, but I want my Wikipedia page to say that I had a Christmas number one song. Mm-hmm. Um and some of them are legit. And I think the Matt Lucas one is legit. It's one of the reasons I like it so much. But he's raising money for the National Health mm-hmm. um, with his songs just called Stay at Home. Thank you, Baked Potato. Because if you have to watch the video, which we will absolutely link to in the show notes, this is Baked Potato sings this song. I just like, I want to know, like, why, how did this get made? What fever dream did this come out of? Is it because Matt Lucas kind of looks like a baked potato because he's bald and has like a very like oval shaped head? Like, it's possibly. so adorable, it's very but I don't understand why it came to creation. I dig it. I think it's. I think it's. It's a lot of fun. And uh, but like all the other songs, I grabbed. I grabbed this Liam Gallagher song that was supposed to be tearing up nothing. Robbie Williams has a Christmas song, which is bananas mm-hmm. and weird, and the video is even weirder. Um, Becky Hill's cover of Forever Young, nothing, which uh, is great. It was good. It's a, it's a good cover. But so the charts. There's today, like a little mix song in there, which is like really fun. I found two two pieces of information. Um, I have the charts mm-hmm. from today, the top the top uh, top one hundred. I guess we're not going to deal with all that um, in Britain. And then I also have mm-hmm. I found um, gambling dot com. You can bet oh. on this if you want to, and they give odds. So we're going to talk about who has the best odds after we talk about some of the songs currently tearing up the top ten. Um, most of them did not come out this year. The only thing that is in the top 10 right now that was also on the list I, I found and sent to Beth is Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is, uh, is You. Uh, it is number one. And I think that's probably up there because everyone found our podcast and yep. loved the episode where we talked about yep. the sweet American 100%. girl doll Joanna. And we're 100%. like, you know what? I want to go listen to that song. It's all us. And, and not at all that she did a Christmas special this year. It's all us. No, it was just us. Uh, number two, Wham. Because remember, this is radio. This is sales, downloads, radio play, and streaming. So, like, this is okay, what people are streaming. A lot of things. Um, number three with a bullet, new this week. Uh, Taylor Swift's Willow. Life was a willow and it bent right to your wind. Head on the pillow, I could feel you sneaking in. As if you were a mythical thing, like you were a trophy or a champion. 
The more that you say, the less I know. But so I went over to to the the, the gambling.com and mm-hmm. he, here we go. Uh, last Christmas uh, is currently eight, 20 to one chance. It's the eighth most likely song to, to make it up okay. there. Mariah Carey, All I Want for Christmas is You. They gave a six to one chance, which puts it fourth. The top three are, so Justin Bieber has a legit new song called holy but the way that we love in the night gave me life baby i can't explain it the way you hold me hold me hold me hold me hold me feel so holy 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 oh god running to the altar like a track star can't wait and the second because the way you hold me hold me hold me hold me hold me feel so holy which I kind of like, and I don't like Justin Bieber that much, but mm-hmm. I like the song and I like the version that's trending right now. He then also has a charity single with the NHS choir in England of Wham's Last Christmas. So those two are two and three. Yeah, that one just came out. That has four to one odds. The Holy has five to two odds. But gambling.com currently gives Lad Baby's new effort... Don't Ayo. stop me eating. Three to four odds. Three to four. Which is a 2020 move. Don't stop me eating. Whole saucy trophy. sense of something like they were debating whether or not to even go through with trying to do a third one because they've won the past two years in a row and we're thinking like i don't know but then realize like this is another chance to raise money for charity Mm -hmm. like we would be amongst the beatles and the spice girls for having three potential christmas number ones in a row so like why not make another parody song that references sausage rolls Mm -hmm. it is the the energy, I don't know if you've watched the other two music videos that go along with their I songs. Have. Yeah. The enthusiasm has never been higher. No. But the parody <laughs> has never been worse. Like, it's not I don't great. know. You don't, I mean, you didn't like the, um, like, Stonehenge or, like, Loch Ness Monster sausage oh. rolls? <laughs> the sausage rolls iconography in those videos is really... <laughs> It just bothers me. I don't know why. Maybe it's the Photoshopness of it, like, which is the bit. I mean, it's obviously that's the joke. And I, yeah, I don't. I mean, like they dressed their up their sausage roll onesies like, this year. I this, I mean, like the woman's suits. has like fur on it. I don't like those suits at all. I mean, you know, a plus for commitment, but uh, I they are committing yeah, to the bit fully. Um, I mean, I guess I'm rooting for them. I don't know. Yeah. I want it well, to I be Mariah. It- if, if I have to choose in this group, because that song is all time and looks like the only no. accolade that's missing. Oh, but, okay. You know that's what I mean? The reason. Yeah. But like, I think it's really fun that they, with Lad Baby, they like got a, a bus and they, mm-hmm. were, I don't know, and they it's like drove it around. Yeah. Like drove they drove it shed. around. Yeah. Trying to raise money. They kind of showed you different Christmas places in, in London. Like mm-hmm. they, they see the tree at Covent Garden. They see like the London Isle lit up. So it's. When I like the counter. I like it. There's a there's a the, the there's a, a statement in the mm-hmm. video. It's like every seven um, seconds, someone is handed. Um, well, they're, they're, like a it's, meal it's package. how many meals are given out? Yeah, in 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 England during the during the the pandemic, and there is a um, counter running in the bottom of the video when the song starts. Mm-hmm. that shows how many meals would be handed out because they're thinking. Of, I think it's every seven seconds or something. They're going to yeah, give a meal every, every seven. seven seconds, and so they count that up throughout the whole song. And it is really it's an effective thing in the video to keep the like the seriousness of what they're raising money for front of mind while they're being mm-hmm. unbelievably silly. Um, Don't yeah, stop I mean, me eating. Yeah. If they, if they get number one again, I won't be mad about it. It, it is, it is a, it is also like, we could recalibrate our British scale for like lad baby driving around in his portable, sh- in his <laughs> drivable shed somewhere That's on our one now. British list. It'd be pretty high. I gotta say. Uh, so, yeah, I like the Britishness of it. I love him. I think they're funny. You know, he and his, mm-hmm. his wife and his kids. His kids are a riot. Yeah, um, I like those kids have been involved this whole yeah. time. So it's 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 fun, uh, but it has also been the thing for the last two years. And it's so that's sort of my like. Let them get the triple crown and then they'll retire. I hope so. 
they'd have to. I did like he makes he makes a reference in that interview where he's like, people were mad at X Factor for doing this Mm -hmm. over and over, and, and we don't want to be then. So I think he would like have enough sensibility to be like three was great bye everyone well two is beyond i mean i i get going for it i I like their attitude about it yeah like not wanting to overstay their welcome and like not wanting it to be a thing like we're going to do it every year what's the lad Mm -hmm. the new lad baby song going to be um they also apparently had a lot of trouble writing this one so (laughs) i think (laughs) i think shows (laughs) creative juices are all run out 2020 is one of hard year teams it's, it's not a it's not a deep vein the the uh the sausage roll parody song but I mean, we'll see. You know, it's hard. It's hard to get mad at a charity single, which is again why I think so many celebrities are doing charity singles for their. They like please love me. Ones. Yes, that's fine. Just, you don't have to feed my pocket. Just feed my ego, all day, every day. Uh, so yeah, that's what's mm-hmm. in contention. Look in the show notes if you don't know already to see what the number one song was. I'm gonna go um, stream. Thank you, Big Potato, nine more I'm times. Just afraid it's gonna be Willow. I'm just really afraid it's gonna be. Willow. It might. But you know, do you think Taylor knew that when she released this album? I think there's way more thought in her album releases than there are. I think there's way more thought in every single thing she's ever done ever than every anybody thinks. Oh, hundred percent. But I think she's thinking about what might be her her own triple crown of albums and not mm -hmm. the British number one. Sure, I don't think she cares so much about the British number one, but I I think that it's certainly something somebody probably said to her in a meeting at some point. But like, oh, and if we release it here, we can try that. But um, I mean, she is the only. Only she and David Bowie are the only two people to ever have two number one albums in the same year. So, you know, it's an A for effort. I appreciate the fact she made a record and during quarantine. Like, I like people who, you know, if, if you got the juices, you got the time, you got the money, keep keep working. But yeah. Yeah. There's I don't probably know. a third coming. If you've been onto Taylor Swift TikTok, like I've fallen into by accident. Oh my gosh. There's a lot of theories. A trilogy of albums by Taylor Swift. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it makes a it makes a triangle around Pennsylvania in the places. It's a whole thing. I can't. It's too much. Well, I'm definitely not falling down that rabbit hole. Uh, <laughs> and those sorts of things end up just making me sad. Uh, <laughs> but you know, if it's entertaining, you God bless. Um, speaking of things that make make people sad but are entertaining, uh, I think it's time we have to talk about Shiffergate, Beth, and how wrong I- you are. And that no. the people have spoken, and that when we tell, so here's the thing: we don't actually have a scientific answer to to what you. I'm think. say, like, we don't actually know. There is no real. We took there will ins- not be a real winner. My favorite we, thing we, we did. For, <laughs> we asked people for voice memos, and we got some back. We did, and we we got some responses on the internet, and we did a poll on Instagram. That's my favorite it, thing that happened. <laughs> it tied fifty fifty. <laughs> When I saw the results of the poll, which I will say I did vote in, because I know you did too. Oh, I did too. <laughs> um, I I was just like, of course it's 50. It's not even 51-49. Like, it's just no, a 50-50. flat 50-50 result. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. I, we got some great voicemails that go go in, in both directions, but also mainly go in my direction. Um, no, and we're, no. we're going to play we're going to play a sampling of those here hello listeners of the what is love actually podcast is oscar here hey guys this is jim gasparro hi it's caitlin from la hello patrick and beth i hope you guys are having a very good christmas hello beth and patrick it's diggory wait here from the taking you for granted podcast hey everybody this is carrie ginsburg i wanted to send in this voice memo just to uh state a couple of other things about uh, hashtag uh, Shiffergate. Um, Okay, so on Shiffergate. Um, I just wanted to weigh in on Shiffergate um, as it was raging across the internet. And I'm very happy to contribute to the hashtag Shiffergate debate. I don't know if I entirely agree with Beth that this is disturbing, but it definitely is weird. I'm with Beth on this one. I think the whole Claudia Schiffer thing is weird. Uh, I'm going to actually disagree with both of you, I believe, which I hope is okay. Um, And for this reason, Beth, I don't think it's weird or disturbing that Claudia Schiffer is known to exist in the universe of love, actually. But Patrick, I also don't think it's a particularly great joke. The fact that I've watched this movie a dozen or so times and never picked up on this joke until now, I think kind of proves that point. No, I don't think it's weird. I don't think it's weird um i think the fact that she's claudia's doppelganger is very charming uh i am firmly in uh, <clears throat> uh patrick's uh, camp 
that I don't think there's anything odd about Claudia Schiffer being in a movie in which they reference Claudia Schiffer, but she plays another character. I have to say, my unique perspective on this, I think might be a bit unique, is that I don't know who Claudia Schiffer was, literally, until you guys mentioned it and this whole situation. Um, so when Liam Neeson mentioned her at the funeral, I just thought, okay, Claudia Schiffer, who's that? A famous person, I guess. And when I saw her as Carol at the end of the film... I didn't, didn't register, I just thought, oh, Liam Neeson really likes her. I had no idea. So what you've done now, guys, is by bringing this to my attention, is now, regardless of which one of you I side with, my viewing of the film would be altered forever. To Patrick's point, people look like people, then why not get an actress who looks like Claudia Schiffer but is not Claudia Schiffer? Patrick, to your point of people look like people, that would be fine if it was not actually Claudia Schiffer, but someone who looked like her, but that it is actually Claudia Schiffer makes no sense. I don't think it's uh, that weird because there are a lot of people that have doppelgangers, celebrity doppelgangers. I agree with Patrick that people do in fact look like other people because this has happened to me before. I don't look like anyone particularly famous, but um, there was one time I was out somewhere talking to someone and someone ran up to me thinking that I was their friend because I looked and sounded exactly like them, but it turns out I was not that person. The people that I watch this with, it's going to get to the funeral scene and he's going to mention Claudia Schiffer and I'm going to go, you know, she's in the film at the end, is his love interest. And I'm going to talk, like, isn't that a bit weird? Or is that normal? And we'll have that debate. And then it will get to the end and I'll go, look, 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 that's her. And then we'll look her up and I'll be like, look, see, that's her. Is that not weird or is that funny? However, if I was going to side with one of you, I think I would side with Patrick. And as much as I want to sit on the fence here, I won't. And I'll side with you, Patrick. I think thinking about it again, it's a good joke. Liam Neeson, he sets up that he fancies people that look like Claudia Schiffer. She plays the role of Carol. That's a good gag. It works. But also, it is weird. I also uh, want to say that Patrick and I are uh, not alone. Alicia Cuthbert told VH1.com, uh, and and I quote, It was funny how it ended up, you know, him getting the real deal. I just thought it was brilliant, end quote. So, there we go. Patrick, myself, and uh, Alicia Cuthbert are all firmly in the Claudia Schiffer playing Carol in a world in which Claudia Schiffer actually exists, is... Uh, not strange. It is, uh, in fact, uh, funny. But the loser here for me isn't you, Beth, don't worry, but the poor people that I have to watch the film with now in the years to come, every Christmas, because I, I won't be able to not bring this up. So I'm just going to leave it at that. Saying bye from Mrs. Hopkins 73 on Instagram. Uh, Mrs. Mrs. Hopkins was kind of our, our, our tiebreaker. Are you accounting for Ashley's Instagram message, though? No, I'm not accounting for Ashley's Instagram message. Is that on your side? So what Ashley explains is that she, okay, she went and looked into it to see what the actual intention was behind the joke. And yes, as the a few joke of our was supposed to be what you think should be funny, that people look like people mm-hmm. and that's okay. Mm-hmm. But they then did not go through with that joke because apparently they had a really hard time finding someone who would look like Claudia Schiffer. And we're just like, we'll just get Claudia Schiffer instead. Paid her a butt ton of money. And then the joke was not funny anymore. And I just love Ashley's like, it's, I don't know why it's so hard to find a skinny blonde person in Hollywood, but here we are. Here's the, a couple of our listeners in those voicemails pointed out that it would have been fine with them if they'd gotten somebody who looks like Claudia Schiffer. I think when you're watching this movie and they got somebody who looks like Claudia Schiffer, that joke wouldn't land because Claudia Schiffer That goes completely against what you said, though, that people look like people, so it's okay. No, that's why it's fine because the joke is that it is actually... We know it's Claudia Schiffer in the audience, but in the reality of the movie, it's just somebody who looks exactly like Claudia Schiffer, and the reason she looks exactly like her is because she is her. But if you went out... You're completely agreeing with me, then. No, I'm not. I'm not in any way (laughs) agreeing with you because I think it's funny. It's more the logic of it for me. It's that if you have admitted that this person exists in this world, then they exist in this world, and they can't can't be somebody else. I, I'm not going to really. It's like my problem you. with the princess switch the night before Christmas and the Christmas prince. Vanessa Hudgens somehow is connected to all three of those worlds, but she's different people in all of those worlds. Netflix needs to call me before well, they do that's anything a, that's next. A whole, you've now hit a, That's a whole other conversation.
but I just like the rules of the world that I'm in to make sense. Maybe that's me grasping at I straws think they at do the make end of sense. 2020. But I think they make perfect I disagree. sense. I, disagree. I think I think it's like the premise of the movie Dave. Do you object to the premise of the movie Dave? I'm going to say something that should not shock you, but I don't know what the movie Dave is. Dave is the one with Kevin Klein plays a guy who looks exactly like the president because he also Oh, they made a the musical president. out of this. They did make a musical out of this. See, I know the musical of it. I don't sure. know the movie. Okay, so you know the musical, but it's a movie. It's a movie in which Kevin Klein plays the president and he plays this guy named Dave who looks exactly like the president. And then the president goes into a coma and he becomes the president. Does it bother you that there is, you know, Kevin Klein looking like exactly like this other person because he's playing both characters? No, because they're two. They're presented within the world of the movie as two different people. As are Carol and Claudia Schiffer. They're two different people. No, but you don't see them like standing next to each other. Like it's the parent trap. Like it's okay. So if they were in the same scene together, that would be less weird to you. That would be less weird to me. Oh, that's interesting. Yes. So like, uh, like talk about Princess Switch. I can accept that Vanessa Hudgens is playing both those characters. I can accept that Lindsay Lohan is playing both daughters and parent trap Uh because you see like you see them both we've acknowledged that there are two of them and they're playing twins or they're playing lookalikes but and it's also weird that they look each like each other okay yes but we're and like sister sister like tia and tamara maori are actual twins twins yeah who are playing that but because we've said carol schiffer exists and then we don't oh god what i say carol Carol claudia i said her character name We've seen Cla- Claudia Schiffer exist, but then we don't see like real Claudia Schiffer and Carol next to each other. We <sighs> see just one person. <gasps> Did I make you think I'm right? No, I just, I think that's really interesting that like, I, I kind of now more, I don't agree with you, but I kind of now more see your problem. Do you I understand? Do. I do. I mean, I don't, but I understand better than I did before we started. I'm, I'm. I, at least now I'm under I'm understanding the the parameters of a world you need to exist that that since yes if the movie acknowledged so even if there was a line in which Liam Neeson mm-hmm. said has anyone ever told you 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 look exactly like Claudia Schiffer that would still would, probably bother me a little bit but it would be better would, than would it now okay yes okay I'm getting. I'm getting there. Yes. I'm never going to agree with you that this is a problem, but I'm getting Okay, but I've I've moved the needle a little bit. Well, thank you so much for for listening to this Christmas episode and uh thank you so much for listening to what is love actually. All of the episodes. All of the episodes, I hope. Um that you didn't not, just jump in with episode still there. 13. They're still there. They will live in in Yeah, eternity. this is not the time to start. We've got great callbacks well, to jokes great. that oh, have been running so for things. 12 episodes. Oh, yeah, no, it's really great. Um, intricately woven. And this is the time we can reveal that if you listen to every other minute of the podcast, there was a code <laughs> for mattresses, probably because it's a podcast. So don't don't unsubscribe would be my first big thing. We will be back. I don't exactly know when. We haven't figured that exactly out yet. But like this was a lot of fun. And it was a lot of fun. I don't think we're gonna totally stop for forever. Just well, we start, for like at a little some bit. point. We have to watch the holiday. Like that is. I've watched guarantee. it this season. You're slacking. <laughs> I had I cur- I curled up on the couch. I had a great night watching the holiday with a glass of wine. Oh. I may not always love you, but long as there are stars above you, you never need to doubt it. I'll make you so sure about it. God only knows what I'd be without you. What is Love Actually was produced and edited by Patrick Flynn. We are on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Love Actually Pod. You can follow Patrick Flynn at Unknown Penguin. You can follow Beth Amon at Beth Amon13. Please go to Apple Podcasts and leave us a rating and review. If you'd like to support this podcast, you can find a link to our PayPal in the show notes. I'm Beth Amon. And I'm Patrick Flynn. And remember, there was more than one lobster at the birth of Jesus. God only knows what I dream.